All right, guys, that was a very awesome, I mean, Sunday morning. Thank you so much for checking with me. And I appreciate everyone's comments and, I, and thoughts and stuff. We don't have to agree, right? That is the one thing I love about giving you this space. And I try my best to interact with you guys. I know sometimes we get heated, but you know, it's Sunday morning so or Sunday afternoon now. So I'm a little bit happier and the sun is shining. But um, thank you guys for joining and tuning in. Um, that was, uh, I got, that was just an amazing conversation this morning. And like I said, you know, I have contact information for everyone involved, you know, in this current race on the Green Party side, and we'll definitely do another roundtable discussion um, and see maybe even Dr. Jill Stein her, will, 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 will decide to grace our presence, you know, because I really do think it's important that, you know, progressive media, we've been talking so much about the Dem race and Bernie, 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 which is great and, you know, still definitely Bernie, Bernie up. But we, we, there are other options and opportunities, and that's been one of the things. We need to know more about what is going on. So to kind of switch over, um, want to talk about Bernie versus Barney <laughs> and not Rubble, Barney Frank. Um, so so uh, usually, you know, if you guys tune in, you see me Tuesday nights. Um, but wanted to come on, one, to, to let, you know, presidential candidate Curry come on and talk to us. But the other thing I want to talk about is the stuff that's happened in the last 48 hours or so with um, the Bernie Sanders, um, Barney Frank, um, you know, thing, dust up, so to speak, right? Bernie Sanders, through his attorneys, sent a challenge to uh, Barney Frank's position on the rules as co-chair of the Rules Committee. Actually, he challenged both co-chairs, the... Um, the Barney Frank is one um, former former member of former congressman and currently a lobbyist, I believe. Um, and then the governor of Connecticut, both were challenged primarily because of their um, their role on the, the on the campaign trail as Hillary surrogates, but but Hillary surrogates who've been extremely and forcefully um, oppositional. To Bernie Sanders. And, and some stuff has come up too about with Barney Frank in particular, who has a history, they, they have a history of personal animosity, right? They did not get along based on statements and comments we found from going back as, as far back as 1991, right? This is not like, um, yes. Okay, so this is, I just, we were on Skype and now I'm on Hangouts. I just had to make sure that I actually unmuted myself and I'm good. So, we need to make sure that um, that you know that these that the, the co-chairs of the rules committee were not biased, right? When they were unbiased, um, or in, at least in this case, the, the assertion was that they are so biased that it will interfere with the process of the rules committee for the the Democratic National Committee, and that there is not there's going to be a problem and so they, they 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 challenged their position and wanted them removed and that challenge sent all all of establishment you know and and again not everyone i'm going to say this and i know that people who disagree with me i'm not going to say everyone who's a member of the dnc is on the same level um but there are certain people who have shown themselves to be extremely biased and every little thing is the hugest, is the hugest um, impropriety is, is an attack is, is, you know, we had, we had the Blue Nation Review earlier in the week claiming that Bernie Sanders demanding that Hillary Clinton 
hold up to her promise and debate as scheduled was an act of rape. Thank you. The other person being challenged is Governor Dan Malloy. So Governor Dan Malloy of Connecticut, as you remember, um, primarily leading up into the the, the, the the Connecticut primary with the, the I mean, very forcefully backing up Hillary's um, ridiculous argument about how Bernie Sanders cited against Sandy Hook families and was a, 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 a voice for the gun industry lobbyists. I mean, it has been pretty inflammatory. Bernie Frank has called Bernie's supporters basically stupid. He has said that um, Bernie is McCarthy. He's basically a McCarthyite in his process and in and, and the way he's, you know, doing things. So, um, there are issues. And and thank you, Marcus. Marcus from the chat room just pointed out, um, basically said, does anyone like Barney? He's on the board of Signature Bank and made Dodd-Frank riddled with loopholes. It was essentially written by Citigroup. So yes, yeah, so that is another issue, right? We have seen over and over again how um, the Democratic Party has been completely taken over by corporatists at the highest ranks, how the, the, the funding and financial structure, there's so much that's so wrong that Bernie Sanders and others have called out this cycle, right? There are some people who were upset, right? Um, you know, Paul Krugman waded into the battle, uh, Jeffrey um, Wright with his gold mine, he waded in. There's some people who are outraged. But the biggest issue, oh, Umar, the, the, the holding Hillary Clinton accountable by Blue Ration, according to Blue Nation Review, that is, that is akin to rape. We should not, and there was a whole big thing about this sometime last year in 2015, we should not compare things to rape that are not actually rape. Like that's just bad business. And so, you know, the Barney and Bernie debacle and people were saying, well, what's the big, you know, how is Bernie Sanders going to challenge Barney Frank? Barney Frank is beyond reproach. Barney Frank is more progressive than Bernie is. Barney Frank is this. But Bernie Sanders has has uh, uh, named uh, Cornell West to the platform committee and Bernie Bernie uh, uh, Cornell West called Barack Obama a Republican and blackface and this, that, and the other. Here's the issue, right? Um, there are two different committees with two different functions. And having people's personal politics, one, here's the other thing. President Obama is not running. And whenever anyone tries to make this about him or allegedly about his legacy, it, it is a distraction. It is a distraction because we're really gonna talk about his legacy. One, there's an article that Liz Brown, if you guys are on Twitter, at Liz, L-I-Z-Z Brown, Liz Brown unpacks, she does it pretty frequently. It's phenomenal. And she really broke this all down. And one of the things that got pointed out is that we're talking all this stuff about how we're so worried about protecting Obama and people in Salt Lake. Barney Frank called Obama, President Obama, a liar um, when it came down to dealing with the, uh, I think it was was health insurance. Um, so there are all these different issues muddled in there, right? It's not completely separate, you know, Barney Frank good, Bernie Sanders bad, Cornell West bad. It's not about that. But the issue with the rules committee is the rules committee, as we saw how the debacle over rules and changes in Nevada, right? We want to, the Democratic Party should be above, should be really trying to have as much transparency. They should be about process. You know, we really need to stick to the issues. And they throw out President Obama as if that's somehow the answer to every objection every issue raised. Now, now, I'm not going to say that there is not a valid criticism for Cornell West, okay? Because I personally, 
I have at some points agreed that I think Dr. Cornell West went too far in a personal attack. I think the actual heart and center of his, you know, critique and criticism, he had valid points, but the other emotionalism around it, 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 it took away from what was valid from the conversation to be had. There is an issue in, in, in the way America has employed drone strikes and killed innocent people. These are real issues. There is, there are, there are issues with growing economic disparity. And when you look at a purely academic standpoint, Colonel West is not a bad choice for the platform committee. And we've already talked about this. There are so many great people who were um, who were added by the Sanders campaign, and 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 basically between Bernie's Bernie's additions and with a few other people added, there is a progressive majority on the platform committee for the camp convention. That's huge, right? Um, people have called Cornell West a racist. I don't know how racist this is. You know, all white crowds in Iowa loved him. I mean, he does really well with engaging with people and understands the issues and the intersectionality between race and economic issues and class and all those things are just fine. So from a purely academic standpoint, I mean, but when you get into the, when they make it personal about Obama, the same way they made it personal about Barney Frank, it detracts away from valid critique and criticism. We can have a valid and balanced conversation about these things. But when you start using, you know, someone's racist or someone talked about my dad or, or someone's this, that causes a problem with our ability to have real conversations going forward. We cannot have, um, you know, meaningful engagement and process, right? This is the party that claims that they want to be the party about us. Um, the difference is, okay, so here's the difference, Karen. So Karen says, the difference I see is that Frank and Malloy were appointed by the DNC while West was appointed by Bernie, just as Neera Tan was appointed by HIV, HIC, HRC. Here's the issue, right? So this was the response. The DNC responded and I had the, I was trying to pull up the, um, their response to the challenge. Now, you know, Bernie's lawyers have been very good with their different challenges and stuff. So I'm sure they they felt that they um, had, you know, ground to stand on and we'll see how this plays out, what their next move is. But the DNC response, oh yeah, here it goes. The current co-chairs, the current co-chairs of the Rules and Bylaws Committee, um, Jim Roosevelt and Lorraine Miller, they basically said, you know, we're a secret writer, but they said both of them were elected they were elected by the executive committee of the Democratic National Committee on January 22nd, 2016. Pursuant to the call for the 2016 Democratic National Convention, Article 7, Section F, Subsection 1, the call. They said, your challenge does not allege that there was any violation of the provisions of the call in the conduct of their election or otherwise assert that there was any other cognizable violation of the call itself. The delegate selection rules or any other rule or regulation of the Democratic National Committee. So basically they did not allege a specific rule violation, which is why they have dismissed the challenge. Um, but there is a valid conversation to be had about appointing people, as Karen has said, who are actively openly hostile to one of the candidates and their supporters. Because again, how can we have, how can we have a, um, how can we have a process for, where rulings, where rules are going to be developed, where rulings and procedure is created? When you have one person that so overwhelmingly believes that the two parties, that only one of them is qualified and even deserves to be there, how can you have, um, how can you even have, you know, a process where, where, you know, 
I mean, it just, it just, and, and one thing that Liz pointed out, I mean, it, this affects process because again, this is about process. This is about transparency. We're talking about rules, right? We're not about talking about developing policy and conversations because we have policy, which is well, the platform committee, right? When you're developing the platform and policy issues and initiatives, people have different beliefs. Like, like it was poured out, you know, um, Nera, she has some very interesting positions and stuff people have pointed out on, on Twitter um, that I personally don't like and think is very classist and elitist. But, you know, you have a very well-rounded group of people on the platform committee, and that all gets bounded out, uh, uh, balanced out. But when you have the co-chairs of the rules committee, and there's not even balance between those two people. You have two people who are openly hostile and aggressive towards one particular candidate in favor of another. That is a problem. That is a problem. And that and, and we saw that happen in Nevada, right? We've seen that happen oh, across the board when it was time in Illinois. In Illinois, I'm not sure if you guys remember in Illinois, the attorney general um, they, they gave extended voting time to one of the one of the counties because there were issues with either they ran out of ballots or they had to close early. Something happened. They won a challenge and they had extended voting time. The attorney general put the kibosh on it. The attorney general is an active Hillary supporter who was campaigning on the trail with her even on election day. So there are problems with process and transparency. We had the same issue in Massachusetts with the attorney general. Um, also, I believe it was recently in Kentucky as well. We've had, the, we've had people in positions of authority to make rulings and decisions, show their bias, and everyone just says, oh, well, state party, we can't, we can't interfere. That's not okay. And we have to figure out a way forward in dealing with you know, these clear biases and issues. Um, so, 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 so that this is a very good discussion, and this is all well and good, and it'll be great if we could just have this conversation like this, right? About what the challenge was, what the response is, and the validity, and whether or not that that is relevant and it matters. Um, but here's the issue: instead of addressing the concerns raised by the Sanders campaign, and this has happened every step of the way in this election, every time a concern is raised an issue is raised, whether no matter how much documentation exists, right? Every time that happens, right? There is a cadre of Hillary Clinton, whether they're outright surrogates or very biased, openly biased individuals who are slamming the Bernie Sanders campaign. He's either too white with all his Bernie bros, he's sexist, they're racist. And now the latest one is they're homophobic because Barney Frank is openly gay. Um, so by challenging Barney Frank, Bernie Sanders and the Bernie bros are homophobic and all this other stuff. That absolutely makes no damn sense whatsoever. How is it that you validly challenge an issue? And no, they did not just challenge Barney Frank. Both co-chairs were challenged for the same exact reason. He wasn't targeted, he wasn't singled out. We have seen time and time again, Barney Frank has wrote hit pieces against Bernie Sanders. There has been time and time again, there's been a calculated effort. And we saw this, again, this reminds me of um, the South Carolina, Georgia coordinated tax leading up into South Carolina and, 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 and uh, uh, the first Super Tuesday where we had correct the record writing the remarks in the op-ed for Kasim Reed to attack and lambast Bernie Sanders as a racist, okay? There has been a concerted effort to, to, to use and manipulate, and Ben and I and others have talked about this 
on so many different occasions. We see identity politics, which is something that should be that, that is empowering and engaging and it's supposed to provide an opportunity and space for people of color, for people who have been traditionally marginalized and left out of you know, certain circles of power to, to have concerns, to express, to have a voice in the process, to, to, to be able to really completely engage. But we now see in this election cycle, identity, the language of identity, of intersectionality, you know, of, of social justice work in general being used to not only vilify, but to repress the vote, to repress civic engagement. So calling Bernie Sanders a homophobe, attacking Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders supporters for, for, for speaking out because somebody is gay is the most ridiculous damn thing that has happened this election cycle. I mean, it just becomes, and you guys, we're moving into California, right? California has a large LGBT population. There is a renewed attack on Bernie Sanders in terms of his immigration policy. Um, yes, there's the fake Sanders video with Bernie Sanders, because that's the other, that, that goes into this homophobia conversation, right? So we have this homophobia conversation, and there is a video of Bernie Sanders supposedly coming out to a DMX song where the hood at and there are there are these these blog reports now that bernie sanders is anti-gay and he promotes homophobic lyrics and he promotes murdering gay people huh that's like the dumbest damn thing i've ever heard and you see this stuff it is orchestrated it is consistent and it all piles on we saw this happen right before you know south carolina we came to the south we see it happening again we saw it happening ahead in new york and connecticut with the gun, the gun lobbyist nonsense and the smear that he didn't understand, you know, bank reform and stuff like that. We've seen it happen constantly and it continues to happen. And they wonder why we're not just gonna fall in line quietly. Because instead of being transparent, instead of being, you know, a neutral party, the DNC and various operatives continue to engage in the strong-handed nature and abusing and using identity politics in an attempt to silence people. This is political correctness gone wrong. This type of behavior gives people like Trump and people on the right the ability to say, see, they're faking. When you fake, when you do Peter call, cry wolf, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to believe you when there's a real opportunity, when there's a real need. You're out here calling homophobia and, and trying to position someone as being bad on issues for LGBT communities, for LGBT to interview. And you act like, I mean, that is an acronym that stands for such a diverse community of interest in people. Because while you're focused on marriage equality, right, there's so many other issues going on that affect the lives of trans, for example, trans individuals of color who are young, and, and, and of lower economic statuses. And if you're not addressing the issues across the board, then you are still ignoring and disregarding the people that you claim that you're representing and standing up for. We have a very elitist view that is being positioned right now. And somehow now Barney Frank, who is an extremely privileged white man who now is a who now serves on the board of a bank after his long years and who is the author of Dodd Frank, which is completely ineffective, has not been completely implemented, and has several loopholes. Okay, so please let's not pretend he even admits he took money from the banking industry and corporate interests, and he took banking from from the banking industry and corporate interests. And supposedly that made him a better regulator. Huh? What? 
you talking about? So like, this is just, this is just ridiculous. Umar says the problem is the progressives have not, have not the flex power have not flexed their collective voting muscles in any significant way to make themselves heard. I agree. I agree. We roll over and, and fall for that good of the party. We got to prevent the Republicans. And while I'm not necessarily saying we need to tear it all down because we're not getting our way, at the same time, we have to continue to push the conversation about transparency, about process, and fair arm length dealing. And then we also have to challenge people when they misuse identity politics in this way, because this is wrong. Because there are many people, like I had several people in my timeline who are gay, who are trans, who are like, wait a minute, what? You can't criticize people because why? There's an assumption, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I can even speak for the community. And it's, it's saying the LGBT community is so amorphous and so ridiculous, like saying the Black community. Nobody is a monolith. There's so many different issues and so many different perspectives, right? That these people who are claiming who are overwhelmingly, you know, upper middle class, upper class, who are economic elites. Okay, Barney Frank have, you know, I didn't even, I'm a, I told David earlier, my, our producer, executive producer, I didn't even know Barney Frank was gay. I'm, okay, he's been out and open because I don't keep tabs on who's gay and who's not. Like, that's just not, you know, I'm all about policy issues and process. I don't care if you black, okay? I don't care if you're a woman, it does not matter. What matters is, now granted, have there been issues and I'm certain that having been an openly gay person in politics has been, you know, something for him to overcome of, you know, but, but he has a very particular place in, you know, our power structure that makes it a very different experience than if you are the average person who is trying to make it in your community. And they need to stop. These, these people need to stop. There was another commenter. She's a, she's a, I can't think of her name right now, top of my head. Um, but she is a, she is a reporter. And her thing was, oh my God, you know, Bernie Sanders and his people need to get out of our party because first they're attacking DWS and they're attacking Barney Frank and they're attacking Hillary Clinton. And they're attacking, right. We're attacking all the people who are the problem with the party. Now, see, folks are acting like this party is perfect, that we have been winning, that we have been growing. And the Democratic Party has been doing everything it needs to do since President Obama has been in office. President Obama, they were not able to carry and deliver for him the Congress that was needed to successfully pass anything that was on his agenda that we wanted. They have not. The DNC and other Democrats either turned their backs on him or they fell apart. They started, they've been too busy playing this game of, we have to be better than the Republicans. No, we don't have to be better than Republicans. We have to do our part and our damn, he didn't come out until after he left office. Thank you, John Hill, because I didn't know that. Because the, 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 the way the narrative has been spun, okay, on Twitter. See, thank you, John Hill, I appreciate it. The way this narrative has been spun is that he has been out and open all this time and that, People gave him a hard time and he had to struggle through so much. Now, I understand why people may keep things more private for them, et cetera, but at the same time, you're doing too much instead of just dealing with the challenge. It would be, I would accept from people who are defending him if they would say, well, no, because he has worked across the aisle with people. He has a history of showing he can be unbiased despite his personal uh, positions and feelings. I would ex I would appreciate that argument versus oh they're just attacking him because he's a gay 
or oh they just attack her because she's a woman that is just like the most insane thing ever and we need to stop doing that because it really takes away from meaningful issues that we have with representation and discrimination like really it does it's the same thing they do um oh all the bernie bros are white and bernie sanders has a problem with all minorities no he doesn't he does well with younger black voters we don't necessarily vote in the same proportion as older black voters but he does very well with younger black voters he does well with latino voters he does well with muslim american voters he does vote uh arab american voters he does well with asian american voters he does well with people across the board um you know he's the only one right now actually putting anything down on the board for puerto rico right um so there's a narrative that's being spun in all of us we do need to hold people accountable and we need to do so with, you know, our every effort because we, we, we have to keep, we have to keep moving forward. And I agree, Ryan, I, I, I started off with that. Barney Frank and Cornell West are not uh, similar in this situation because of the positions that they're appointed to. Cornell West is not even the chair or co-chair. He's on a committee. Barney Frank is the co-chair, the decision maker, right? That is the difference. He's in a, in a special position of power. Now, arguably, should the Sanders committee, should the Sanders, knowing Barney Frank's long-standing issue with him, should they have challenged Barney Frank in particular earlier? Possibly. Should they have specifically alleged some, some violation? We'll see what happens with their attorneys when they get back to it. But, um, but yeah, this is a problem. Um, yes. Barney Frank joins a bank board. So after, you know, Barney Frank, a key architect of financial crisis era legislation that reshaped financial industry is joining a bank board. Um, so there, there are some questions, you know, in terms of he's this great, you know, we, we hold people, yeah, Bart, but what Cornell West is not a chair. And he, the, 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 the platform committee and the rules committee have completely different purposes. They're not exactly the same. And that is the problem. We need to be able to look at these on ground procedural grounds about process transparency and moving forward and having the person who is in charge of all of the rulemaking for the committee is a problem. It, it really is a problem. Um, a couple other things that came up over the weekend so far, uh, Puerto Rico, speaking of Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico has actually cut the number of polls that are going to be open on election day. I believe election day is June 5th. Um, that uh, just, just the week out, they cut. And, and I know that there's a lot of, you know, this has happened in a lot of places we've seen the polls cut. I actually wonder if part of that does have to do with the fact that they do have another looming um, deadline and the cost they've cut, you know, they've cut other things on the island. I mean, that that maybe has nothing to do with it, but it's just something that, that I thought of when I saw um, when I saw that, yes, Marcus, I actually have a short video and I'm about to, I need to write up a piece this weekend, um, kind of just a quick and dirty about the Puerto Rico debt crisis for voter type of thing. Um, shout out to Dr. Q Hyde because she has done such, such great research to help me get along. But I, 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 I really appreciate everyone for tuning in this Sunday. Um, I'm wrapping up because we're about to approach 1230. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice here in Georgia. The sun is shining and we're going to spend the day with my family. Um, I don't know if he's leading in Puerto Rico. I have not checked any of the polls, but I know there's a lot of outreach and engagement that's been going on. Actually, if anyone speaks Spanish out there, there is a dialer up for Spanish speakers going into California, Puerto Rico, New Mexico. Um, definitely need people to hop on the hop on the phone. So please just, just spread the word. Um, if, if you can, we need to get people on the dial. We need to get people out there engaged and stuff. There is staff on the ground. I'm not sure how much staff is on the ground in Puerto Rico as well. Um, so 
So yeah. Um, but we are, you know, moving along. There's still so much. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They didn't give a reason, specific reason why they cut the polls. I mean, I think there were 1,500 open for when the Republican um, primary happened, and even like last week, now all of a sudden they cut it. But again, since since that time, since that time um, of the Republican, they did have a major default um, a couple of weeks back. So, like I said, um, that's not making an excuse for the island, the Democratic Party. Like I don't know if the, the 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 financial situation has any bearing on whether or not the polling stations will be contained open. They were all open, or not all, but there was a larger number open for the Republican um, primary, I think it was back in March or so, uh, and they've cut it for the Democratic Party. So I'm not sure if it's like an uneven handedness with, you know, the Dems, you know, trying to, 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 to shift things or not, particularly where there are some people who are Dems who are, you know, the mayor San Juan, for example, came out and said, she's no longer supporting Hillary Clinton. So no, this is not an everyday Sunday show, but maybe we could we could work something out, um, and see we can work something out. I, this is this is my first time doing a Sunday morning. I said, hey, why don't we do a Sunday morning alternative and give people something something to go about um, to just because there's so much happening this weekend. So yeah, so so it's possible that it is trying to. I mean, if, if early voting and stuff exists, we need to be encouraging people to get out the vote however they can. Can they do absentee ballots if they're working? There's all types of stuff. Um, but but there's, there is a lot going on, on the island. So it's it's not, from what I've read, it's not unbelievable to me that if if it was cut due to the financial issues, because there was just a major default on a loan payment recently, and there still is the looming issue, you know, the current proposal put on the, put on the table right now in Congress, it is, it puts, it puts an appointed board over decision making in terms of the financial stuff in Puerto Rico. Basically, they would they would defer to um, people picked by the Republican, um, the current the public majority, uh, and and it's a problem. Uh, thank you, Perry Planet. It beats meet the press. Well, you know we're we're gonna better than church. <laughs> I don't not some people might not agree, but I do want to just continue to engage with all of you. Hit me up on Twitter, Miss Nono ESQ, and I do need to set up an email for the, specifically for the way itself. But shout out to the Benjamin Dixon Show. Ben is away on family stuff, and greatly appreciate our executive producer David Grossman for opening up the channel for me today. I appreciate all of you who have popped in and out across the morning. Those of you who stayed and engaged, like you guys are awesome. Um, so, okay, well, somebody said on Wikipedia, on Wikipedia, it says he came out in 1987, but then it also has said that he may have came out recently. So it's, it's, I mean, the whole thing with identity positive is that we have people playing these battles, we have people attacking each other and using their identity as if it's a weapon or, or if they don't have an identity to use, they use the identity of someone else who will, 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 will hear, um, who will hear, you know, the, uh, who will gather the sympathy, right? Um, like I was mentioning, the, the, the reporter that was saying we all need to get out the party, apparently she voted for McCain in 2008. She's a lifelong Dem who voted for McCain in 2008 and wrote a piece in the Daily Beast in 2012 uh, suggesting that women should con strongly consider supporting Sarah Palin over President Obama. This is a lifelong dim, okay? And this is a, this is also someone who is currently talking about how 
we need to get out the party and burning people basically should just shut up. Um, they, they really need to take a long look, look in the mirror. She also said that, um, what was the other thing? Oh yeah. Well, uh, oh, I just lost it. Basically we need to get out the party and we're not Dems and she's a real Dem. I don't know any quote unquote real Democrat that, um, Yes, it's exactly like how Hillary Clinton has used to paint Bernie Sanders as racist, particularly when Hillary Clinton ran the most racist campaign in modern history, right? Her husband ran one in 1992 and she ran one in 2008. Appreciate you so much, Karen. Thank you. The identity policy doesn't work anymore, so they tried that way. It's getting out of hand. And it has gotten out of hand. And the thing is, it's not even that it doesn't work. You know, there's a lot of discourse and conversation around social justice issues, around, you know, what we call, what we have come to call identity politics. However, the problem is that it is being used as a, as a means of social control, as a means to make people feel bad, because we have had this era of political correctness where you had to be polite. Um, I have to look. Cause I'm trying to find this tweet from this girl because she's just like it was it was such a stupid article. Um, but we need to I'll tweet it out. What I'll do is I'll tweet out I, I have it and I'll tweet out the link of the, the article I'm talking about. But but there there we have to continue to ch challenge these false narratives, right? We are driving a process and we are not going to continue to engage people because here's the problem. Like Bernie Sanders always talking about in our midterm elections in particular, in our state level elections, we have such low voter voter turnout. We have such low engagement and um, we have such low engagement. We have such low voter turnout participation. We have even fewer people who engage in party politics at the at the various levels, and it's a problem. And we have to instead of acknowledging that there is a culture. Because, because again, the issues that that, are, that Bernie Sanders is facing with Deborah Washington Schultz at the head of the party is nothing to what Hillary Clinton or Obama faced. Like neither one of them. I mean, no, no. Let me say that again. I said that wrong. The issues that are that are being faced with um, with Debbie Washington Schultz at the head of the party at the head of the platform is nothing in comparison. No, I'm still saying that wrong. <laughs> the issues happening now. We're, we're, we're not present at all. There were there were in, there were issues between the campaigns in 2008, but the party, the party did not show favoritism to to the best of my memory. You know, when Howard Dean, Howard Dean was the party leader and he was just there, right? They set out the schedule, they did what they did, and you know, the campaign field duked it out, and then in the end, you had the two standing, and that's what it was. You did not have the entire Democratic Party and establishment lining up in favor of one person and against the other. You know, you did not have the mainstream media doing the same. So yes, we have to keep challenging these narratives. If we're talking about we're preventing a progressive movement and we have to be able to call out issues in terms of isms, as Sister Curry said earlier, as, 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 as you know, we, we have to keep calling out the misuse of identity politics. And I understand that if you are not black, you get called out by black people. I, I, I empathize with you. As, as a woman of color, we get called out. You know, we saw this happen to Rania Kallick. Rania Kallick gets, gets attacked all the time now for calling out nonsense. So um, we have a problem. We have a problem where um, here, here is the, thank you so much, David. David found the tweet for me that I was just referring, was just telling you guys about um, from, uh, this woman who is a lifelong Democrat, 
who has always been a Democrat and has always voted Democrat, except for she was so upset about Hillary Clinton losing to Barack Obama in 2008 that she went and was one of those Pumas who supported um, John McCain. She went and supported John McCain and she went and did so because of, so here's a, here's a tweet. Um, Amy Siskin, you know, just a thought rather than dissing Barney Frank, Malloy, Boxer, DWS, Huerta, how about Bernie Sanders just get the F out of our party? Our party, right? It's our party. Um, and, and, and she wrote a piece for Daily Beast back in, I believe it was 2012, like I was telling you before, um, Amy Siskin, Amy, and then the last name S-I-S-K-I-N-D, you can find her on Twitter. Um, she wrote a piece though, and she was she was just very adamant about how she was unapologetic about supporting, um, you know, McCain because he had Sarah Palin on the ticket and she wanted a woman. And this is what's dangerous, right? About some of these people who claim to be Democrats who are beating us over the head and telling us we don't belong because we're calling them out on their hypocrisy, on their BS. They are full of it. We have to continue to challenge them. The last thing I want to let everybody know, and we will definitely um, post this out, tweet this out. Uh, there is, so ahead of the, the, the convention this summer, um, the, the party has decided they're going to hold some forums in a couple places. I believe it's Phoenix, Orlando, um, St. Louis. I can't remember if there's a fourth city, but they're holding forums because they want to hear what people think about what should be the party platform going forward, et cetera. Um, but if you can't make it to one of those places, there's an option to submit your testimony online in video format, or I don't know if you can sit, submit a writing, but in video format. Um, so definitely we get that information because I really think that regardless of how we feel, what we think about the Democratic Party, I think that if we're being given, we're being given an opportunity to express ourselves, we need to use it. And we need to do so productively, excuse me, in an effective manner. Okay, I think though that that we need to kind of collaborate. Maybe someone from like Coders for Sanders or one of the other bigger groups out there can do this. But we need to develop a hashtag. We need to have these testimonials public for those who are comfortable doing so as well, because we don't want the Democratic Party to try and just. We need to have our own check and balance built into the process. So we are fighting from the outside. There are those of us who are on the inside. Everyone is fighting so much to be as inclusive and possible, to be as transparent and stick to process. We can't go further anywhere, right? We're all out here fighting for our families, for our futures, for a better tomorrow. And I really appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. Um, happy Sunday, everyone. And please, if you have the time and the opportunity, tune in Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time for a new, there is a new, there is a new, um, <laughs> there is a new show, a new segment, a new production from one of our own here, Mike Redwine. Um, and you guys definitely need to check out the focus on education and it's the Louisa Project 2027. The Louisa Project 2027. Um, it Ben is going to start. There's going to be a new new content coming to the channel on June 1st, Wednesday. Also, June 1st is my birthday. Yes, but um, but definitely like June 1st, uh, Wednesday, Louisa Project 2027. Definitely check it out. That's Mike Redwine, one of our own here at Progressive Army. Want to give a shout out to everyone at Progressive Army. Shout out to Nick. Nick will be doing a special um, Monday night, I believe, 8 p.m. I believe Ben is, I believe Nick is starting at 8 p.m. Um, and then you'll, you'll, 
I'll be on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Um, with another edition of The Way. Definitely hit me up on Twitter, Miss Nono ESQ. Shout out to Andre, who was able to get me the, the Democratic response this morning. Um, I really like engaging with you guys. I mean, I know there's some people out there who don't like me at all. That's your prerogative, you know, free world and all that stuff. But even if we don't agree, definitely you, you are more than welcome to come and engage. I may not necessarily, you know, make you feel pretty about yourself, but I definitely do respect and understand people have different perspectives from my own. So Ryan, Marcus, Karen, Dragon Lady, everybody else, Umar, everyone else who, Umar, June 19th, whoop, whoop, everybody else who is in, that's my brother-in-law's birthday, Oh. Oh, happy belated birthday, Alyssa. Yay. That's my cousin's birthday, the 27th. You know, Project Sanity, Thursday, 7 p.m. Check out Niz and Richard. Project Sanity, 7 p.m. on Thursdays. I mean, we now have a full week of content, you guys. I mean, there's so much going on, and we will see if we can start doing a more. I attempted to do a Saturday a couple of nights, weeks ago. This time, I'm giving you guys a Sunday morning um would love feedback and stuff and we'll definitely have to get an email address up so you guys can communicate with me so so definitely appreciate you shout out to the crew who is tweeting and running this this morning afternoon now i thank you guys so much and we are oh thank you guys the way Noah.